Welcome, everybody, to the Junction City Podcast. I am your host tonight, John Miles. With me to my left, uh, Kobe Peterson. And we've got our special guest host, Daniel Matthews. Welcome, sir. Thank you. So, uh, in a little bit, Colby's going to sit down with Katie Matheson from Alliance for Better Utah and talk about what's going on in the legislature so far, Utah legislature. Yeah, we had a little good. We had a good time. We talked about um, a couple of updates on previous bills that we talked about last week. Uh, we'll be talking about universal background checks, civics tests, um, uh, a plan to potentially have a study done for a rail system all throughout Utah. So, good stuff. Hmm. Nice. And then uh, the three of us are going to chat about a bunch of other stuff, including the Indy Ogden Awards that are coming up. What's the date on that? That is going to be March 14th, March 14th. 7 to midnight. They can get tickets right now, right? Absolutely. You can jump on our website and grab them. Yeah. So we'll talk more about that in a little bit. Who knows what else we'll get distracted on? Maybe some presidential politics, some <laughs> religion, baseball. Who knows? So, uh, but I guess before. The basics, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, the staples. The staples. Uh, but before that, what have you guys, you guys been doing anything good this you're Last not, week? You're not going to say it? I'll f- say it. What's the hap-hap, guys? <laughs> he doesn't want to say it, dude. He doesn't want to say it. What's the hap-haps? It's actually written into this thing now. Yeah, I that's, wrote it. I guess that's fine. Yeah, I wrote it. Don't change Marketing. it. Marketing. No, Signature. Don't. we got to say it. Yeah. You should say it every week. No, Dan says it. So I, got, I, was, I had so much stuff I wanted to talk about. I haven't been here for three weeks. First thing I have to talk about is the point in time count. Yeah, how'd that I go? I did that, like, yeah, two or three weeks ago. Uh... So first, I have to shout out Kevin Lundell and the the Roy CrossFit people. They had a whole team of people come down because of the show. So it was good to see them down there. Cool. And uh, it was fun, man. It was weird. So I went out two nights. First night, I went out with the girl who's like the street outreach girl. And so we went down to the pond on 21st Street. And we're like, she's showing me where all the camps are and like where they'll stay. We didn't see anybody, but it's just like her knowledge of that. And she knows the people that was just crazy. It was so interesting to talk to her. And then, but but the second night I went out, I went um, on Andy's team, Andy Beatles, who was on the show um, from the Weber Housing Authority. And we went around in a car and first, like we would go like to the 24 hour laundromat and go in and talk to all the guys, just survey them, like find out if they were there for, it, well, you know, if they were homeless and like. Did they have chronic medical conditions? Were they being treated? Did they have former military? So we just kind of got these guys' stories. That was crazy. And then we would go, like, to uh, – she knew all of the little, like, nooks and crannies in the – like, we're going along Washington, along the businesses. Like, she's looking between – she's like, between this dumpster and this building, there's people here. We went up behind, like – um Behind, like between 24th and 25th on Washington, but just behind the strip of buildings, you know, there's all like the grass and the stairs and stuff. Mm-hmm. So many little camps there. It's just insane to see how people are living in the city. That was that was awesome. That's that, cool. I'm gonna do that again. So people like should a, do that. Like a backlot tour of the city. Oh man, kind of. Yeah, they just know everything. They know all the people. There was this heartbreaking. We knocked on an RV in a parking lot of a of a grocery store. So it's like weird. You're knocking on an RV if somebody's sleeping, right? And you're asking them to wake up and take a survey. So you <laughs> yeah, feel like true. an asshole. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> fill this out though. But then, like those those people in particular, like they had been working with the housing authority. The housing authority thought that they had been set up with a housing agency that was letting them in, and then they had just hit like kind of a technicality with that agency a couple days ago and so they were on the street and they hadn't really had a chance to get back to the housing authority but like 
they were in a borrowed RV. If they had, if, if the police saw them that day, they were going to be arrested because the police know that they are homeless and they can arrest people for sleeping anywhere uh, at night. And they would have impounded that RV. Those people would have just never had wow. that as an option again. It was crazy to think wow. about like what a tenuous situation those people are in Very much. even when they are going through the steps of like i mean obviously it's going to take months to get something together you know if you don't have a house if you don't have any resources to get there and so it can just be such a, a delicate situation for those for all those months they could just end up having this criminal record having all of their stuff taken away it's insane it's crazy to learn about the the specifics of it and and Ogden City has a lot of ordinances that are very strict on homelessness because I think Ogden has had this perception that it's been this dirty rundown, you know, the armpit of Utah for a long time. So Ogden did get strict on it. And so on one hand, I kind of understand that. Like, people were demanding that in this town, and I'm kind of glad that the downtown feels a little more walkable. But at the same time, like... Do you know, uh, just real quick, what's really interesting about that? Do you know the cities in between Ogden and Salt Lake that have a homeless shelter? No. There, are, there are none. There are none. Yeah, there are none. So, like, Ogden's in this delicate balance where they're trying to provide services for that population, but it gets into that NIMBY, like, yep. kind of mentality. 100, and, right? And the really interesting part is, is you get to see that. Like, the community, like, um, the, the under-pressure people is what I call them, you know, like... Mm-hmm. Freddie Mercury talks about it on the song. The people like there's these people on the fringes, but on those fringes, like how interconnected that community is, like how mm. you mentioned, they all know each other. They all yeah. know where this person is. And then the other thing is, is how stacked that deck is because, okay, the the one last possession that they have, the last glimmer of hope is that RV, that RV gets impounded. Mm-hmm. You don't get it back. You can't, you can't afford exactly. it. Like, and every day that it sits in that lot, exactly, more it's money compounding you and compounding and yeah. compounding. So you'll never get it back. And and what sucks is is the the other communities aren't. I think um, what was really interesting. We were talking with people at the lighthouse, and I think like Davis County contributes, like donates money to Ogden City to help with homeless people because it's more cost benefit and more you know NIMBY oriented than them opening up a shelter. Uh-huh. And so what's tricky is, is how do you help this, like, without changing, without providing? Because here's the thing is it's a houseless problem, but the houseless problem is much, much bigger. Like, yeah. if we gave every single one of these people a, a home tomorrow in some sort, don't get me wrong, it's going to help. But without treatment, without, yeah, like, really, like, finding out, you know, what mental health issues are at play and some stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's the reason why I try to tell people all the time, like, complex problems like these don't have an easy solution and everybody wants that silver bullet fixed to homelessness and i wish most people in ogden realized that they are much closer to being homeless than they are to being a millionaire oh yeah 100 like, percent, like man the 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 line that that trepid cliff uh-huh. like in between like most people and yeah i, I mean you're a major injury away yeah medical you're, problem that's yeah. like that's like a lottery of you just well, that's what I would say. Are you, you're three months away from being homeless. Are yeah. you three months away from being a millionaire? No. Yeah. no. Oh, no. I don't know. But, yeah, what have, what have you guys been up to? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, on that, I've been selling on a yet. No. Uh, <laughs> I'm the least um, probably 
exciting person. I've got a, a one-year-old, and she just has four molars coming in, and we were going Ooh. through some sleep regression. Yeah. So I'm up past my bedtime right now. <laughs> so uh, Yeah. But uh, there's awesome stuff going on in, in Ogden that we've been able to be a part of via Indie Ogden, and my team's been out and covering and uh, some really cool music that's coming through. The Twi- some of the Twilight series just got announced. We're going to have another Flaming yep. Lips. Yeah, I'm going to Flaming Lips. Uh, yep. I'm concert. excited about that. We've also, I mean, we can't talk about it too much, but I think I told you guys a big plan with Indie Ogden is to do bigger music event and stuff like that. So here very soon I'll come back on the show once we have everything kind of laid out and talk about some of the stuff we've got going on there. We've, of course, got the Indie Ogden Awards coming up, which is, you know, the celebration of all things awesome in Ogden. And we've also been doing this little kind of side hustle, kind of a a swap meet, kind of bringing, you know, everything that's best about the Dirt Mall into that nice, brand new, shiny building, the Monarch. And we've got DJs, the one on February 23rd, we're going to have uh, Kai Hollows, one of the owners of Lavender Vinyl, also a buddy of mine, Jesse Trejo, who owns Port Town Barber, who also is a DJ on the side. We had Bryson Dearden do the last one. So we're looking at 40 to 50 vendors. Last time we had about 400 people show up and... The best damn tacos in the state with Wimpy and Fritz. Yeah, Wimpy and Fritz oh, is yeah. great tacos. And it made the whole place just smell delicious. <laughs> oh, it, it, that's the hard part is I don't need to be hungrier. Let me <laughs> right. it that way. And then if you want to, you can go down to WB's and grab a cocktail and grab like they usually have. Last time they had the meat plate special the for the, the swap meat. I was wondering about that on the swap meat because I saw the ad said that there was going to be alcohol. I was like, I'm going to go down and get drunk and do so, some shopping. So I thought maybe you had to bail on it. So that's exactly what we had to do. I oh, mean, I the, the, without like, I never had to speak disparagingly about government agencies, <laughs> but um, making things uh, alcohol friendly make it really difficult to also be family friendly. That's something that like out after you've lived outside of Utah, like uh-huh. it's kind of jarring when you get back. Oh yeah, man! I was like, just in Legoland drinking a beer. Yeah, when you're like, wait a minute, like people don't realize, like I can have a beer casually with my kid and not like right. create a, a, a safety situation. <laughs> right. yeah. So what we uh, the other thing too is we was we were going to do a fundraiser. We were going to charge for it, and what we really just wanted to do, especially coming out of the gate, we're going to be doing a monthly. Yeah, and we just want to encourage like as much participation from the community as possible. We're going to have uh, barter only tables. Like, like at this one, I like it, and we've got everything from. If you're a, a Mallrats fan, like we've even got a psychic. She, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. which is like to me, like because I grew up like Dirt Mall's like the Motor View, like that's something like I oh, yeah. really really enjoy. Yeah, I bought and so, so many records at the Motor View, and, man. and so we've got like, like it's, it's it's a thing, man. Lavender vinyl uh, is is at the swap meets. We also have a lot of people who are selling individual records, and we've got. A lot of kind of artists that don't necessarily fall within the the Saturday market kind of parameters and, and some stuff like that. And not that they're more say, risque, like, but just a little bit more grimy. Like yeah. grimy is one of my favorite words. Yeah, right. That's the kind of art, I, like the kind of prints I like to buy. And I feel like I never get a chance to shop for that kind of stuff here. Like I'll buy that stuff when I'm in another town. But I don't see it here. I I love to see it up at your spot. Please, yeah, please come check it out. Like I said, we're we're anticipating like in 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 the realm of like forty to fifty vendors, and we had like I said, maybe about four hundred five hundred people come through that day. And the lady asked me four times if we could turn the music down, and I was like, no, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if it can turn is. down because you, you know, and just there kind of. But that's kind of what we want is kind of that more kind of. You know, we're not trying to bite directly off of the rock and roll swap meet that they have going down in Salt Lake, but we're not not trying to create something similar uh-huh. <laughs> absolutely um so let's talk about the indie ogden awards because i'm yeah. getting excited we got we got a table 
we're going. I think we might even be doing a contest for somebody to go with us. But I mean, I think so, I think the first most important topic is that I voted like ten times for us as best podcast, and then we didn't even make the radar. We didn't we didn't make the cut, but we didn't so, push it super hard either. So there was no best podcast. I know, man. I was doing my damnedest to make it a thing. Oh, for for the nominate. So so it was really tricky. Like. Um, I'm not really trying to put pressure on you. I, you know, I'm just no, 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 no. It, it's been interesting because uh, the one thing uh, Michaela kind of warned me about when I took over the Indy Ogden, like she's concept. like, people care about those awards. Well, man. and and it's interesting what they care about, and it's really sometimes like a little microcosm for like politics in this country, just oh. a little bit. Because like for me, like the integrity of the voting was like such a priority, and we'll get into like how we chose our categories because there are certain things where it's like if it doesn't really resonate, if I can't think of five people to like ultimately run as the nominees like if it's something that there's only one or two prominent and then what was really really interesting is okay um a lot of um places i frequent and a lot of like my favorites i've had to be completely like impartial (laughs) and I'll, i'll go to this so people ask me like oh well it's just probably you know you guys my favorite is is like i get an email from somebody i really thought i should have gotten nominated like when when we're nominations and all this kind of stuff and I'll look and you know, they don't follow us on any of their platforms. This is the first time I've <laughs> and you're like, them. come on, man. And it's like, yeah, I'd really try. Like if you look back at our Instagram profile and, and, and our magazines and stuff like that, it's like, Hey, nominations are here, here and here. Nominations are here, here and here. Nominations are here, here. We ran nominations for 45 days. Like, yeah. It's like, yeah. I mean, we knew when it was going on. Right. Oh yeah. And it's one of those where, you know, all we can really do is, is, try to get the word out as much as possible. But then all the people who were like upset and then, you know, it, it wasn't that they weren't paying attention. It was that I just picked my favorites. Yeah. And yeah. so let's get into that because my, uh, we, we talked earlier, my grandfather's Filipino and on the other side, it's Italian and best Italian restaurant, like Olive Garden's in there. <laughs> I haven't eaten at an Olive Garden willingly my entire life. And you couldn't pay me enough money to ever eat in Italian or at an Olive Garden. And there's such amazing local Italian places that are like genuine and heartfelt and all this kind of stuff. And you guys kind of get this from, from my sense. Like I'm definitely not going over to a box chain or, or, or anything like that over like a local. Right. And so I try to tell people like if it was rigged, I can assure you <laughs> there would be no Olive Garden. <laughs> Olive Garden. And then the other thing, this is going to sound kind of egotistical, but I got nominated for Ogden Night of the Year, and I didn't know that until like we did final tallies. And I went in, we're having our, our our group meeting, and I was like, "All right, guys, pull me." And they're like, "Well," I was like, "Listen, I don't want to deal with the the dialogue. I don't like. Hey, right. I I don't deserve it. Like, I haven't done anything close to be nominated. Like for that, like, please pull me. I don't want to have to talk to anybody about like my ego or anything like that." And they all looked at me, and they're like, "You got nominated." they're like x amount of people nominated you you can't pull it and i was like okay so like yeah this is my thing wait a minute (laughs) (laughs) now you gotta play by the same rules you don't like it well and 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 so i try to say that like i I mean we're really and then so what we found out is because we wanted to be as inclusive as possible and we wanted it to be as genuine as possible so we didn't do some of the things that normally like i didn't want it to be perceived as a giant email fish because that's what a lot of these things are for yeah, you to be able to vote. True. You have to submit your email address. And so, yeah, like that's I why I don't vote on a lot of things. And, and I know like, that's a major deterrent. Even. So I didn't want to do that. So now, okay, how do we secure this? Well, my dumb ass, excuse my language. You can edit that out. Like when we'll we'll we, we, we'll we, we went on an honor system for about 45 minutes and then like my backside guy is like, Hey, um, 
some of these people are like <laughs> literally going on there. And so now we have it IP restricted. And I had to reach out to some of those people and be like, hey, guys, like, you know, because you were collecting IP addresses. Uh, I, I can see everything on the back right, side. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? And so, like, all of a sudden in 10 minutes, 132 votes came in for this one thing without any other votes going any other way. And it's like, right. okay, guys, like, and here's what I can't stress enough. As much as I love Ogden, as much as I try to do for Ogden, I'm not going to sacrifice my integrity, like, on some stupid, like, votes. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is something that we have to be really, really aware of and really kind of considerate of. And I think that's what's kind of interesting because we've had some people, you know, who who – who get frustrated or who just think, you know, we're, we're doing this just to kind of reward the cool kids. And, uh-huh. and here, like I, 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 I use the, the best real estate agent as a perfect example. Like I know four of them, like I consider like three or four of them, my friends. So which friend right. would I rig it for? Right. Like, like, well, I know we definitely have our favorite. <laughs> yeah, we do. But, but you see what I'm saying? And it's one of those where like, um, I, that's the, the, the BS kind of political side about it. But uh-huh. the, the awesome part is is we've got over, I think, 8,500 original votes. Like, Which if you think, what what did, what did we do mayor as a city last vote? Like 15,000, 16,000 or something oh, yeah, like yeah. that. So granted, I mean, this isn't just Ogden. Like this is, you know, Weber County and that kind of stuff. But we've got a lot of people who have voted. And it's really kind of fun to watch the backside tallies and stuff yeah, like that to I see. Bet. Like, I mean, I can. So, like, Musician of the Year is, like, Joe McQueen by, like, several thousand votes, which is, like, obvious. But Makes I sense. go back to um, – I tried to get Joe to do do a couple of interviews last summer. Um, and one of them I wanted to do, The Gospel of Joe McQueen. And uh-huh. Me, Brad, Thelma, and Joe are sitting in the living room. And I'm like, Joe, like, I really think this would be a great idea. I don't want it to be, you know, too preachy, but I just think people, dude, it's kind of like loud Sue. You've made it this long, man. People, damn, why would anybody care what I had to say about that? And I can just imagine, like, Joe, like, hey, Joe, you, you won the Indy Ogden Best Musician there. The what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think what we're going to do is we're probably going to just uh, – a uh, little breaking news: We're we're just going to make it the the honorary Joe McQueen oh, award yeah, every year. That's cool, and and then we'll probably bounce it down to the to the next winter. But it's really interesting to see like how Ogden feels about certain things, like watching the backside of these. And I can tell my favorite thing to do because I'm a nerd is like I'll see somebody post something on Instagram or Facebook, and I can't. That's what kind of sucks too. Is like somebody makes a real, and I want to like. I want to resend it, and I want to, you know, because that promotes what we're doing. But I like, I don't want any sense of favoritism. Oh, it'll be yeah. funny because I'll see somebody like throw up an Instagram thing, and it, I'm always curious, you know, what's the real impact, like, and so. And then you see how many yeah, votes come in, and I can watch the backside of it, and it's like, ting, ting, ting. oh, okay, huh. they've got a pretty engaged audience. That's interesting. <laughs> that would be fun data to comb through. You know, and and it's so funny because like I have zero time, and then like what I do spend my time on is just like the dumbest, nerdiest. <laughs> like, so on the flip side of dumb and nerdy, like what's really gonna you know tonight was the oscars and we'll probably have to check our phones to see who won what but like i already saw my jojo rabbit one best adapted screenplay yeah i saw that like i'll take it he he's one of my favorite people we'll get into that in a little bit so i wanted to uh when i took over indy ogden you know you do that with this in mind because this is the big thing that indy ogden does every year and it really encapsulates everything that i love about indy ogden it's a celebration of ogden by ogden and it's not an East Bench vote. It's not a West Side. It, it, it's accessible. Anybody can win. Anybody can can do it. And that's something that I really appreciate. So, what do we do? They did, you know, they did kind of a Westworld last year, and then they did the superhero one before that. 
Was and it Westworld last year? Yeah, it's how the West was one with like a Westworld kind of. Oh, yeah, kind of. I just did Western, like two Western. <laughs> <laughs> and so what we we wanted to do is we we don't want just another award show. We don't want you know just another black tie. So what we're really encouraging is is everybody dressing up, pick your favorite Oscar winning movie. And come dressed as and as something you know. I've so got I a can feeling. come as Hitler. Well, uh, if it's the Taika Waititi version, <laughs> which is going to be hard to distinguish. I, let me let me put it this way: I'm not going to tell you not to. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm going to leave. You it who's going to say I shouldn't do that? <laughs> yeah. I think there should be an internal conversation you have at some point on whether or not you want to dress like Hitler in general. Uh, yeah. Good advice. <laughs> Uh, which I can't, I can't act like I'm on a high horse because, like, I don't know if I've told you this, but I wanted uh, my baby. She has a little group of friends. It's her and like three other little babies. Me and my friends have, and I totally wanted her to dress like Randy Watson, who is sexual chocolate from, like, and I wanted like all of them in like little tuxes, <laughs> yeah. and, like Jerry curls, and it, it created a very interesting conversation. So, like, I can't, like, I mean, Hitler's Hitler, but like, I think nowadays we have to be really aware of of our costume kind of good point so it was funny because i was talking to michael palumbo who you guys know michael right with a, I, I know of him i love him yeah so but super engaged in the arts community right yeah and he's a conductor of the the ogden orchestra and some stuff like that mm. so we're doing oscar theme and i'm ordering the red carpet and the 30 foot banner for you know the the step and repeat and and i'm thinking you know mike what would it what's it going to cost me for like four cellos and like a mini string section so because here's the reality of it like i've got 45 awards to give away in like a three-hour span and what we're really encouraging everybody to do is just come and and really kind of celebrate each other because you know that was something else in the past like i think they might have pre-notified winners and that's going to be a big change that we're doing mm, because not doing kinda, it that way well oh, i don't I, I feel like you should come and support regardless of if yeah. you win or not like you know, and, and there are very few events like this where, you know, all the pizza owners going to be in the same room and, and realize that, you know, even though you're competition, like we're cooperative addition, I think is the best way to put that. Yeah, I've, I heard, think I've the, heard Sadie Smith talk about that, about, you know, coffee in, in Ogden and about, you know, she owns grounds. She and Josh own grounds on 25th. But one of the things she said once was that if somebody comes in and opens up a coffee shop in Ogden, and starts playing zero sum game, winner keep all, they usually fail because coffee in Ogden is like a family. You know what I mean? Well, that's and the beauty you of Ogden. Yeah, is, you don't is, play nicely. Like that zero that zero sum game just has never worked. And I think we might have talked about this last time. This might be just me hanging out with my one year old at two o'clock in the morning. But that song, <laughs> the more we sing together, the happier we'll be. I think really, really <laughs> en encapsulates everything Ogden because your friends are my friends and my friends are your friends. Like, uh -huh. if you don't believe that, just jump on Facebook and, and and like hit that random mutual friend button. Like that was one thing with like with with you one time. I was like, oh, 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 oh okay. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and and I think that's kind of the beauty of Ogden. Is that accessibility but on the flip side like how do you be we have this very polite co cooperation kind of then there's a couple industries where it isn't as prevalent i think maybe the night scene like i and and what sucks though is is anytime there's this concept of like a finite consumer base and i think like one of the conversations we have a, a lot with small business owners is under utilization of the the weaver state demographic and how there's this concept of, you know, there's only X amount of coffee, to use a coffee metaphor, only yeah. X amount of coffee drinkers or X amount of people who go out to bars. But, you know, somebody turns 21 every day. Somebody 
decides coffee tastes better than than an alternative or somebody wants to start drinking kombucha or something like that all of that can happen so this concept of like you know cutthroat competition i don't really see in ogden that's one of the reasons why it really enables what we're doing with with the indie ogden to to really work is because there's more much more cooperation than there is competition yeah most people like especially like you know all the people on 25th street realize that if something's good for one of them it's most likely going to be good for everybody and and you don't see too much direct like i don't like you know jimmy pestos versus bob burger so to speak um the indie ogden awards though uh so we've got the union grill uh is going to be catering it uh what's the oh. venue what's the venue this year <laughs> you're not gonna believe this but it's at the monarch yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's a great venue no we, I, we had our company our company uh, holiday party there and it was it was phenomenal well and especially space. you know because you know we're trying to go golden air hollywood and so if you think about it we're gonna have a red carpet at first i wanted a red carpet going up that ramp yeah you uh-huh. go up the ramp and then but i'm thinking boom, you're cocktails ramp like yeah. high hills so <laughs> the carpet's gonna go from the front door yeah. to the ramp and we'll do a step and repeat with a big banner and i want uh hopefully uh like the the Ogden Click and and Stacy and bunch of photographers, we're gonna give it kind of like a paparazzi feel as yeah, you're walking that's cool in. Yeah, that's really yeah, that is really cool. And then uh, what well, my favorite part about it is we were talking costumes, and my partner Lauren looks at me and she said, "Well, baby, what are we gonna dress up as?" And my inner like Billy Crystal slash Liza Minnelli jumps out, and I'm like, "Well, you think there's not gonna be?" Like multiple costume changes, like <laughs> like I'm going to be rocking all sorts of costumes. Yeah. And then what's great is I went out to you don't have a lot of costume options here in Ogden, like like full time like costume rental shops. Yeah. Yep. You have one that's called Yield Costume Shop, and it's out in Roy. It's out by us, yeah. Yeah, and where it, we live. It, oh, it, that's it, right. really it's cute 6, location, and, and the lady's awesome. And and I went in there, and she's like, "Well, what do you want to be in?" This I'll have to explain this for people who haven't seen me. I have limited options usually when it comes to like going to a costume place and so that's always my favorite part she's like what do you want to be i was like well let's cut through it like i know i'm gonna have a tunic probably like a wizard robe like what else you got in fat because i know like (laughs) certain things aren't going to be an option so but it was really fun to go out there and she's got all sorts of fun accessories and if you mention that you're uh, getting your costume via uh, for the Indiagnon Awards, she's going to give you a discount. And, oh, cool. Yeah, okay. That's cool. And so, you know, we've, we're going to have music. Uh, Five Wives is going to be there doing some fun kind of theme cocktails. Cool. Uh, we're going to do the prize of the awards. I've got a couple of awards up my sleeve that people didn't get a vote on because I figure editors pick. Like, yeah. yeah. I got to, like, some of this has to be a little bit of, like, fun on my part. And so, <laughs> which was great because we're doing a lot of prep for this and we watched the Golden Globes with, like, my team. And, like, to get a little political on it, you saw Ricky come out and just, like, oh, yeah, like just... scorch earth. Like, and yeah. if you think what he said, it, it, like, I really, like, back to kind of our class, like, conversation earlier, like, like, I don't think your average American wants to be talked down to about their politics by somebody that in their mind, like, has, like, privilege and access. To yeah, and it's so yeah. disconnected from yeah, and their reality. Exactly, and so, like, Ricky's whole point about just, like, hey, come in, thank your God, thank your agent, and F off. Like, my eyes got all big, and I looked at everyone, and they're like, Dan, no. Like, <laughs> <laughs> You're like, this is how you run a show. Yeah, oh, dude, a, I was going to go it. full Scarface from, like, uh, <laughs> from Half-Baked, right? Like, F you. 
cool. You're cool. Yeah. I'm out. But, but that's the beauty of Ogden is I really I look at I look through these awards and we know most of the people like if you're connected in Ogden, you know most of the people who are who are for awards and like Ogden Night of the Year award is like there's amazing people in there. Amir's part of that, Amanda's part of that, Thane's part of that. Like people have really made like some big impacts and some yeah, big doing big stuff for Ogden. And what I'm really hoping to do is every year I'd like this to expand a little bit more. Like I mean, we have the same issues that like the Academy Awards do. You know, there is an equal representation as far as certain things are concerned, and that's just because like how do you get access into into those areas and those communities, which is something that we're actually really working on. One thing that uh, we've got coming down the pipeline is, is we we we're working on putting together a Spanish version of both a printed and yeah and, wow. and e version of the the website, and so because that's populate you know oh yeah we want to be as inclusive as possible so um such a good idea yeah i've i've ranted and raved but uh, if you need somebody to come to your awards and roast ogden because you're not willing to do it i will do that i'm in a place in my life where I can handle those consequences. Dude, you have no idea what you just agreed to. I'm so <laughs> taking you up on that. Like, we'll have that, like, moment where I get to come out and say, Indy Ogden as an organization does not condone support. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then just, but like, you can write it all. Yeah. Ooh. You want to write jokes for him? Ghostwrite, ghostwrite a scorch earth. <laughs> but no, here, that's the thing is outside, like, that's really the beauty of working in Ogden and especially doing what we're doing. Like, I can't think of anybody like worth roasting like especially oh. and that's the beauty is, is I we much roast prefer- the ones we love man well but i pull them aside and and and, and give them pile the shit on them like face to face and i'd <laughs> like the opportunity to do that like <laughs> without using a proxy but yeah like uh there's like certain categories that are heated like contentious right so the stuff within like a couple votes like yeah and and and, and it's interesting what gets heated like um uh realtor of the year right. is always a, a really um Retail um, uh, Mexican food is is a hot one. Oh, is mm. it? Yeah. Uh, who do you, who do you have nominated? So uh, best Mexican right now is uh, I think Sonora Rosa's Wimpy and Fritz. Oh, uh, this is hard. Yeah, because I like all those. Yeah, all of them are fantastic and, and for different reasons. But I think like man, if I'm picking, my vote goes to Rosa's. So I, I, lo- so I love that place. This is what's tricky is like I, I'm in a situation where I, I can't have any bias like appear. Yeah. Like, yeah. However, like I really like Ida. I really like the recipe. I really like going in there, and it's our whole family working there together, which is the same kind of concept that Sonora Grill is too, just on a bigger level. Like, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. that was, that's definitely like an Ogden's own kind of kind of blow it up and and make it what it is. But wrote like. I have to have this conversation real quick for around New Year's. My girl went vegan on me. Oh, so, right? no. So, are, you, are, you got, are you vegan too? Well, let's just put it this way. I <laughs> love the taste really of well. a good burger. Oh, yeah. like, Ooh, it's totally that man. line from, from, from uh, Pulp Fiction. I mean, a lot less meat. That's a good burger. <laughs> <laughs> my girlfriend's a vegetarian, which pretty much makes it. So, uh, so I've had to do some sneaky trips to, mm. <laughs> to Rosa's. Yeah, right. And it's totally one of those where like, uh, I, I, I had a no bacon breakfast burrito there the other day and i and 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 ida just smiles at me she's like you know i i don't think my tortillas are vegan and i was like shh, 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 shh. <laughs> like shut up i'm gonna eat them so i'm not necessarily <laughs> vegan but so some of the other uh, really place. um hot kind of you know best bar food volunteer of the year is, oh, uh, yeah. is something that like 
Teacher of the Year is kind of cool. That's um, cool. That is a cool one. Artist of the Year is is a big one. Who do you got nominated for that one? Uh, so it's interesting because it's both both musical and um, and yeah, like so it's Eric Lyon and Earthworm. Like it's, uh-huh. okay, it's but you've a, got Musician of the Year, don't yep, you? Yep, and 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 so yeah, but people. We, People define artists differently, and again, we have to go back to to who is nominated the most. And like I said, I really tried not to editorialize like the nomination process. And I think I told you the one time I tried, it, it, it kicked back in my face. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, artism of the year that's really cool. You you got everything from leather workers to you know. Yeah, I hope uh, you got, you got Renee on that list. Yeah, and and, and yeah. that's amazing. Like what seventeenth generation? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Or something amazing, like right? That. Amazing. Well, and that's the beauty of of what I really like about the Indie Ogden Awards. Like Ogden, like I don't want to use the word per capita, but there isn't too many ninety thousand people cities out there who rock as much artistic and creative talent as Ogden does. Yeah, it's just I've I've been to a a bunch of them. I've lived in some of them and. Like just the that spirit that that something resonates in Ogden just differently. You have so many like look at the local artisan collective. That's one of my favorite concepts as far as the shop is concerned. Totally, like it, it's really like the modern way that you take on the big box stores. It's the modern way that you take on you know Etsy's and some of these things. And and the level of engagement what they try to put back in the community is absolutely everything that the community needs from an art perspective like do you know what i mean you can yeah. learn f- from a true artisan mm-hmm. like goldsmith like yeah. how to make jewelry yeah usually like, you know silver band or something you know what yeah I mean? absolutely that's the thing that's yeah. like it felt like a lot of the cool stuff we had in ogden for a while was kind of the underground and it feels like it's in the process of being turned into like our city's culture or our identity and that's what i love man that's honestly why i love like your attitude about it, like you're, I feel like you're kind of trying to take control of that. Not necessarily take control of it, but like make it happen. Like you're just trying to bring those people together and kind of form it into that identity. And I just appreciate the hell out of that. So, you know, uh, that underground thing that you talk about, like that was a big part of me growing up and a big part of how I identify and how I identify through Ogden. Brad Wheeler gave me that opportunity because back in the day, like back in my day, but like we're talking mid nineties, like you had like your hubs of cultural experience were grounds for coffee on 30th mm-hmm. uh, beatniks. I mean, those mm-hmm. were like, and, and, and what was great is it was, you know, Ben Jennings back in his punk rock days and all those cats who used to be delivery drivers over at, uh, pizza runner at, at the old school pizza runner, the Ooh. debonairs and stuff like that. And on a Friday night at Beatniks, like local band wise, you would have a punk band, a hip hop band, and Tanglewood. Like I'll play, like, <laughs> like I'll play on the same like. Wow. And and like that concept of underground, I think that was one of the beauties that like of of what Ogden was was we were just grimy enough, we were just dirty, and, like the popular kids didn't want to hang out with us, so we just kind of had each other. And but growing right. up. That was something I try to tell people about, like growing up in Utah, like that really is different about growing up in some other places is I didn't know what uh, clicks were. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, you had jocks, you had like all of that kind of stuff, but a house party on a Friday night, like was just as much like, you know, parking lot kid, cowboy kid. It was anybody who partied. Because, right. Like, That's true, man. Like I remember going to parties in high school and it was like, yeah, you got the cowboy kid there. We're like the skateboarders, and that's you got the really, jocks there. That's really and everybody's drinking unique, jungle juice. Yeah, the only <laughs> kids that weren't there were the young Mormons like me. Well, yeah. well exactly. We can, and I try to tell people that's what's kind of cool about having not necessarily a, 
a, a tangible outside threat, but like, like that disassociation, that, that, that schism is, that isn't, that isn't normal. Like other kids who grow up in, in other places, like all the jock kids just hung out together. All the cowboy kids just hung, all hung out together. I tried to throw in Utah. I was like, Oh, can you get booze? <laughs> Shit. Yeah. All right. Let's party in your house. <laughs> <We're buddies. laughs> exactly. And I think there's something, I think that resonates in Ogden a little bit more so than, than other places. Cause huh. when you look at it, like there's old school money in Ogden, like there isn't in, in places. Like I, I don't think your average Ogdenite really realizes Browning's echoes like the, how that resonates like on a much bigger like international uh-huh. monetary kind of like like there's old money here that usually is like reserved for like upstate New York and some other kind of like places like that but then uh-huh. you had the blue collar like that money was made off of blue collar economics like do you know what I mean we're talking timber, guns yeah. and railroads and railroads and all that kind yeah. of stuff so so construction so in Ogden even like the elites still kind of have you know like a little bit of dust on their nose and uh-huh. and and, and yeah. I think that's something that's really unique to Ogden and what's really kind of kept the the feel for Ogden but that's also what's yeah. going to get capitalized on by other people who want to monetize Ogden like uh-huh. I mean how do they make Ogden accessible for everybody and I think that's really the the big plan sitting in front of the city and what like angel as a candidate was really trying to be conscientious of and some stuff like that so mm-hmm. so in the meantime we're going to party and we're yeah gonna, we're gonna yeah. have this big party and it's gonna be like what you said right where it's gonna be inclusive we're gonna have a lot of different kinds of folks well and i'm thinking out. focus on what makes ogden ogden well i'm thinking you know i'm trying to tell people think billy crystal and I'm, I'm working on a couple song and dance numbers. And yeah. I love <laughs> it. All right. Showman. Well, and so Michaela is actually going to be coming in town. Nice. Like, oh, nice. Really excited cool. about that. And, you know, we'll do the proverbial kind of torch pass because I think that that's what's been kind of interesting is, is to see how that morphs. And I think a lot of people are, are curious what her thoughts are. And I want to tell uh-huh. everybody we communicate regularly. I always uh-huh. try to make sure that, you know, everything that we're doing is is within you know the broader scope of, of what she originally intended it to be just taking it to uh-huh. like a broader audience is kind of our goal right so and and we've had some some fun opera like i got to interview uh, uh mr opikins like one of the the main people with r and o construction yeah orloff opikins right? yeah and, and and so it was really kind of cool is, is you know that wouldn't be something that indy ogden in the past said would would focus on or consider mm. and we literally did like a corbin like we did the interview in his truck and drove around and i was hoping we got to do like some karaoke or some stuff <laughs> <laughs> but it was literally we drove around and he was like yeah we built that the story of how the company came together was is amazing. Mm-hmm. The fact that we wouldn't have things like Linquist Field, we wouldn't have like the Solomon Center, we wouldn't have parts of Weber State. Like yep. an artist invests in a painting, an artist invests in this creation, and what's what's the the, the cost benefit analysis of that? Don't get me wrong, but like when you have artists invest in a sculpture that seats 12,000 people and, mm-hmm. and can be like the, the centerpiece of a, of a community like Linquist Field. Sometimes I don't think we, we understand that the R&O construction is a form of artistry. Like, and, hmm. and it costs a lot more to do that kind of stuff than, than I think most people understand. The risks are, mm-hmm. are, are, are much greater, and they do all that conscientiously wanting to make Ogden a better, huh. a better place. And I think that's really cool, too. And they're local, and I think that's something... I can't stress enough. In other places that are getting ready to pop, all that development's happening from multinational conglomeration corporations that are out of state and all that kind of stuff. So it's really kind of cool to see, 
you know, the developers and the builders sitting local. Anyway, huh. so. That's interesting. No, that's, I like, this is why I always love talking to you because I feel like I know the city, but then you're just talking to the people who are affected. I mean, Ophikens is building a pond in my city right now, you know, and there's a lot of consternation or maybe worry about what that will become. But like, He's the one who's taken on that risk, and but he does it conscientiously, like, right? To to do it, awesome. I mean, that's a, like that's a huge difference. I think that I don't think your most people in Ogden realize are are these power players like aren't these heartless mega corporations? They're people who live in our community, mm. who who want to leave a legacy for their grandkids, who 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 love the fact that when they take their kid to a, a Raptors game, that kid mm. realizes that their daddy helped build that like. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And that's from their foreman all the way down to the you know the people who are who are hammering nails. And I think that's a really cool concept that you see in Ogden. And I can remember being younger and not getting it. It was one of the reasons why I had to bounce and go to L.A. And like, so wait a minute, you can live your entire life in the same place and be a hundred percent content with that. Yeah. Like you're cool with that. Right. Like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. And now you see these people, and and there's few places I had to get all Leslie Nope about it. But there's few places that really have that effect on people and and you see that all the time like anytime i have friends come into town or anything like that like they're like holy shit like this place like they're shocked that like a place has this much access to like cool stuff this much affordability this much accessibility it's almost like a myth you guys probably have this conversation if you talk to family members outside like my brother-in-law just bought a six hundred thousand dollar house that would have sold for maybe two hundred thousand dollars here like oh yeah and 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 we would say god that was you paid too much for that uh -huh. at two hundred thousand it's the closest place i've seen like our bed's bend, really expensive well yeah it, it, it's gotten that way like yeah. but bend and i would say colorado springs are two of the cities that like remind me the most of ogden and that's just because they but you're like you're right up against the mountains in both those situations mm. but even in both those situations i would say ogden has so much more um accessibility like neither one of those have like a reservoir like adjacent like do you know mm. what i mean that's yep. literally 15 minutes away from the ski resort like there's certain things that ogden is just so unique that once they get some of those other things figured out yeah it's perfect so to, to kind of button it up then like we, we talked about the indian ogden wars we talked about some of those contentious spots you know those more contentious uh, categories and so the we're, this is all going to get hashed out on march 13th so march 14th and check 14th, it out like 14th. everybody go and vote uh voting ends uh february 15th okay so you so still, you still got a chance you, you, you can got still until saturday vote. yep uh and please do and and uh go ahead and look because i think you'll recognize more of the names than i think most people realize i mean you're going to recognize some of these places recognize some of these people and and it's a great way to to support your community. I know people; the awards are going to be pretty cool. I can kind of tease those. Uh, so in the past, I've just been kind of uh, paper based. You know, right. Just like, yes. So we're 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 going like Hollywood Walk of Stars. That's yeah. cool. That's cool. Kind of like a little bit more of a theme, and they can either you know prop it up or, or put it on the wall. Um, we are just trying to add those all those little touches, and I think so. We uh, table wise, we can we can fit 450 people uh, wow. in, in the Monarch. I have to let everybody know, please, please, please grab your tickets as soon as you can, though, because those are selling out. And in the past, they've had like a satellite room, and we're uh -huh. not going to do a satellite room. That's a good idea. It because, is a good idea, man. Don't well, do I the just satellite room. I, I want to provide the best, and I'd rather have less people and a better experience. Oh, yeah. And just remind remind everybody, grab your tickets earlier next year. Yeah, like, yeah. you got to get this if you want in. Yeah, so uh, March 14th, um, 
Tickets online. Tickets online on our website. Uh, you can get it. So uh, individual be- tickets are sixty bucks, and tables are five fifty for for a ten spot. And nice. It's community nominated. It's com- community voted on. Like we are literally just the tabulators. Uh-huh. I mean, that's the only role that we're playing in this. Nice. And it's really truly Ogden representing Ogden, and that means a lot to us. Special. So, yeah. 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 Well, me too, man. Thanks for doing it. You guys, it, it, it's our pleasure. Thank thank you for, for having us. Thank you for giving us a platform because uh, that helps us give other people a platform. Yeah. All right. Cool. We'll take a break. We'll be back. Katie Matheson. Ashley Wolfius and the Elements of Real Estate are proud to support the independent local journalism of the Junction City podcast. If you're buying or selling real estate, or if you need a certified residential appraiser, contact Ashley at theelementsofrealestate.com or by calling 801-391-8503. Welcome back, JC Peeps. Uh, This is Colby Peterson, and we're here with Alliance for a Better Utah's Communications Director, Katie Matheson, joining us again this week to talk about some of the bills and things that have been going on at the state legislature in week two. So, Katie... Is it only week two? I know. It feels so much longer, right? It's like, wow. It does. I feel like I never leave. Like, the first day back of the legislative session after a whole year away, it feels like, oh, I've always been here, and I will always be here. I will never not be in, at the Capitol. <laughs> there will be an end in sight. When does the session actually end? Like, beginning of March? March 12th. March 12th. Mm-hmm. Okay, so almost mid-March, it's over. But for now, we sit here in February with, uh, I think that things are kind of picking up, right? I felt like the first week was kind of slow. Do you feel that way? Yeah. The first week was slow, and honestly, the second week felt very slow, but, you know, there are things that are happening up there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so it felt like uh, from the legislative updates that you all sent out this week that there were a lot more bills going through committee, some things going on, some things that we won't talk about here that were kind of funny, like the we need a warning on porn or something. Uh, I didn't even include that in our in our rundown here, but I was just like, what the? That's, that's from Brady Brammer. Yeah, Brady Brammer, yeah. Utah, man. Uh, and I always tell people like I'm not a big porn guy. I've never been a big porn guy, but like a warning. That's an election year bill if ever I saw one. Oh, so true. <laughs> but okay, uh, let's jump into this then. So I started out with uh, HB 109. This is mm-hmm. the Universal Background Checks for Firearms Purchasers Bill, mm-hmm. uh, running by Brian King. So Bill has been introduced in the Rules Committee. Um, do you know when it w- will be heard? Is there any idea of when? Probably never. Y- you don't think it'll even get a hearing? Mm-mm. Wow. So because uh, uh, not the- an election year. Yeah. Yeah, that's because I wrote, what are the odds it gets out of committee? Bad, it sounds like. The odds that it even gets a hearing are poor. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, the rules committee is where bills go to die. Okay. So if, you know, X number of people from leadership don't want a bill to be heard, or if, you know, the chair of the rules committee doesn't want a bill to be heard, that, you know, that's where they kill a lot of bills, actually. And the public doesn't even know about them. They just sit there and then they never make it out. So rules, by the way, for our listeners, is the first place that a bill goes. So after it's drafted and it has a sponsor, it goes to rules. And from there... If it makes it out of rules, then it goes to the relevant committee, and then it goes to the floor of either the Senate okay. or the House. So this is like the first test. This is the first test. You have to get something out of rules in order to get anywhere else. And I see. it hasn't made it out of rules. I think that was the end of January, so it was like yeah. right at the beginning of the session. Right, yeah, very beginning. And it's just been sitting there for two weeks, it sounds like now. Um, so my guess is that in a state such as ours, particularly in an election year, and with people who are very sensitive about guns... Um, I don't see this going anywhere, but I, I mean, I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but a bunch of, you know, um, 
pro-gun folks were had a rally yesterday, Saturday, on the Hill. There were a couple hundred of them there with their Don't Tread on Me flags. Um, and they see a universal background check as a an infringement on the Second Amendment. Crazy. It's not, but they think that it is. Um, and in spite of the fact that over 80% of Utahns support a universal background right, check that was bill. The, that was the thing I was going to point out. was like, doesn't this have broad support, though? Yeah, in, but in it Utah? doesn't matter. It has to have broad support among the delegates in the Republican Party. Well, because these, these legislators are worried about being primaried. That is a different group of folks altogether, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, so that's unfortunate, but uh, maybe we'll see it next year. <laughs> yeah, and by the way, this is why we need to get rid of the supermajority in yeah. the legislature, because if we didn't have a, a Republican supermajority in the legislature, stuff like this would be much more likely to get out. You at least, well, it sounds like you at least get a hearing. Right. You know, it's, so it's like, let's at least talk about this. Right. Whereas that's not even the case. That's unfortunate. So moral of the story, break the supermajority. Exactly. Which I'm 100% that, that's, on board with. That's my 2020, like, theme. Same is break the supermajority. Yeah, like let's let's break the supermajority and actually make the doors of the caucus open mm-hmm. and let's start talking about some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Because- and I mean like if you actually believe in the marketplace of ideas then you would support which is which is a conservative talking point then you would support um eliminating the supermajority because then actual good ideas can rise to the top. Right. Because otherwise like we've seen Business gets done behind closed doors of a mm-hmm. Republican caucus. No media, no nobody. Mm-hmm. All all of the, the debate happens there where yeah. no one, no one can hear it. The public can't hear it. Do we it. need to lay this out for your listeners? Do they know like what the supermajority is? And... I think, uh, didn't we do it recently? Oh, yeah, we did talk about the supermajority. Yeah. yeah, so it can happen behind closed doors. Yeah. Right. And so it, unless, like you said, if you're a person who believes in the marketplace of ideas, mm-hmm. bring that out in the open and let's actually talk about things. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, this is going to be SB92. This is Statewide Comprehensive Rail Plan from Senator Jake Andreg. <laughs> I am so excited about this bill. Who is a perennial hero in I your know. weekly legislative or daily know. legislative updates. Man, last year we were not a fan of Jake Andreg, and I said this last week too. And this year we're just like, this is such a good bill. It would... It would um, it would require the U, U dot with crafting comprehensive public transit and freight rail plan. It's like a study, I think. Yeah, it's a study. Um. So it sounds like it's it got a favorable recommendation in committee, and now it's going to go to the Senate, the full Senate. Um, I don't know. I think that it sounds like Jake Andreg is making the case in um, in the context of the inland port. And so, I mean, even outside of the inland port, this would be good. But if he's making the argument for this for this thing within the context of the inland port, it may actually do well. Like maybe that's what Republicans need to pass what he is calling a European style. He used those words. <laughs> he did. We couldn't believe it. <laughs> he did. Couldn't believe it. So yeah. who knows? So like you said, that bill passed out of the Senate Transportation, Public Utilities, Energy, and Technology Committee. Wow, that's a lot in one committee. Mm. That happened on Thursday with a favorable rec- favorable recommendation. So that will go to the full Senate. And uh, hopefully we see something. I, I, I'm with you. I, I think that this is vis-a-vis the, the, the inland port. Mm-hmm. Because... I'll say that I've never been a person who's anti the inland port. I think that it's a you know fairly decent idea, but I think that the issue that a lot of the public has is the same issue that we have with the state legislature in general is that a lot of things just get rammed down people's throats. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of conversation or dialogue. There are going to be certain people who just don't want the port at all, and you're going to have those folks, but I think that most people are like, yeah, okay, we can see the value in this, but you need to have a conversation with this, and you need to be serious about the environmental impact of such a, such a port, mm-hmm. and that hasn't really happened, right? Right. So I think that he's coming at it in a way that's like, well, let's study this and let's actually talk about it because that's what the most reasonable people, I think, that are opponents of the inland port 
are saying. There, mm-hmm. that there aren't studies. You aren't looking at this in a way that is responsible. So we have a problem. Right. Yeah. And I mean, like, so if he is using the inland port to make the argument to his conservative colleagues, then that's great. Like, I mean, at at this point, the inland port is happening, regardless of whether or not you want it to happen. It is happening. So if you can also get a study done, which doesn't do anything other than give us more information, which is a good thing to have. And if you can get a study done by making the argument that, well, we have this inland port, so we should know more about, you know, rail. And by the way, let's add on public, you know, you know, passenger transit as well, because the inland port is only freight. So to add in passenger, I mean, like, that's a good thing. We are asking for more information and we need more public transit. You know, I mean, I'm new to Ogden and I commute down to Salt Lake every day. I took the front runner the other day for the first time. It was so fun, Um, but it was more expensive and took way longer for me to get down there than it would if I just drove. So, you know, if Jake Andrig is saying we should double up front runner or, you know, stuff like that, like track it. Let's yeah, run trains faster. I'm up for it. Yeah. So this is a great bill. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I read a I read an article from the New York Times this morning about um, it was about poverty in West Virginia and about how the the state had imposed work um, requirements. Work requirements on, mm-hmm. on. But the the main thing that I pulled from that was the Sorry. fact that poverty is such a such a it's a it's a difficult thing to go out there and try and get at and just like one one thing isn't a. Isn't going to be the silver bullet. So work requirements aren't. Like, but the main thing that I pulled from that article was the fact that a lot of folks had a hard time getting to work mm. if you were, you know, in, in a lower income bracket. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, that's where investments in things like public transit can really help alleviate that. So it's like if you don't want people on food stamps, you invest in these things. They have a, a reliable form of transportation so that mm-hmm. they can get to work and they can get off of food stamps. Like that's what you want, right? But you have to make those investments. Right. And so it feels like this is a step in the right direction to that because you're right in Weber County. If you live outside of Ogden, it is difficult. Mm-hmm. And even the system within Ogden is not as robust as what you have in Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. Um, and the state is growing. Mm-hmm. So we should we should look at this. Uh, the next thing, HB 152, civics education testing requirements from Liz Waite. Uh, basically what she wants to do is she wants to get rid of a civics test in high school. Uh, I saw this one in particular and I was like, what? Why, why would she do this? We need more civics, not less. Right. <laughs> but um, I listened to the the committee hearing about it mm-hmm. and it made a lot of sense. Basically the, the issue with, with the civics test, the way that it's implemented now is that you have this test that you have to take. And a lot of people are either taking it in eighth grade, she said. And so like they're passing it in eighth grade, they're just memorizing crap in eighth grade and then passing it. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. Or they're trying to get it done really quickly at the very end of their high school career. And so it's not having the impact that we want where we're trying to create an engaged citizenry. Right. And so the argument that she makes is we need a, basically a more holistic way of getting at this mm-hmm. and just imposing a test on high school students is not the answer. Mm. We need we need more engagement right. on it. Rep- I'm not following that bill, but Representative Waite is a teacher or a retired teacher. So, yeah. I mean, she knows what she's talking about. She on this definitely stuff. knows mm-hmm. what she's talking about. And uh, she had the support of the UEA. And uh, there was one other person who spoke. It was uh, it was like the the state person for i think curriculum or something like mm. that they said the same like hey right. we this isn't the way to go so it's basically a full repeal and then it sounds like that she's going to be getting together with somebody else a republican lawmaker and they're going to come up with a more holistic way of getting at this problem awesome yeah but it passed the the passed out of the education committee with a favorable recommendation on monday so it's great 
Um, I, I did want to provide an update. So SB 69, this was a, uh, you know, keeping in the education vein, this was a tax credit from Senator Jake Anderegg, his bill again, right? Yeah. Uh, where you would get, uh, teachers would get a tax credit to buy supplies mm -hmm. if they were buying their own supplies. That passed out of committee on Friday with a favorable recommendation. Yeah, and that's a sub. Um, it was in committee earlier in the week. I spoke in favor of it in committee. And then um, there were issues with the fiscal note. It was basically in excess. It, people weren't going to be able, the way it was written, people weren't going to be able to actually use it up to the $1,000. So they had to do some adjustments on the back end, adjust the fiscal note, and then it sounds like it passed. So that's Great. good. That's a good bill. It is a good bill. And I'm excited to see it go to the Senate. Uh, next, we have SB 39. Uh, this is the Affordable Housing Amendments. Also, Senator mm -hmm. Jake Anderegg. This guy, man, all over this year. Uh, this bill We're would... calling him a sleeper agent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it says, this bill would make $35 million available for developers to increase the supply of affordable housing. D is that how I understand it? Yeah, I'm not sure on the specifics of this bill. I think that... So it came out of committee with a a substitute bill came out and i think my understanding is that originally there had been stuff in there that had rental assistance as well and that's no longer a part of the bill but oh. don't quote me on that i'm not quite sure so there may be a cut on the amount of money that would go toward helping with um rent right or it may no longer even exist right. I, i'm not sure yet um you know this is the affordable housing issue is a giant um question mark i think for a lot of people because it's a question of like you know how much money are we throwing at the issue are we throwing money at developers so that they can just you know make more stuff like i i just this one is not one that i can speak to very intelligently at this moment and honestly i don't know that it's going to go anywhere um i know that it let's see did it make it yeah it did make it out on friday um my understanding is that stuff with um stuff like this with big fiscal notes um, are not likely to make it very far this session because the legislature's not happy about tax reform, so they don't want to... <laughs> so that's what I read in the Des News, right? Um, when they talked to Senator Anderig after it passed, it said the fiscal note leaves the bill up in the air because uh, they're, they're, the state legislature is waiting for revenue numbers because they had to repeal the tax reform bill, mm -hmm. so they had to retool some, some numbers, sort of like what we talked about last mm -hmm. week where we were sort of unsure about the budget. And so the size of the fiscal note on this bill kind of leaves it maybe up in the air. We're not sure. Right. And also you get, you know, you the, when you get stuff that has to do with money, when you get stuff that has to do with development, and when you get stuff that has to do with the state involving itself in that stuff, that's when things get really dicey. Yeah. So, for example, um, the, the bill passed two to one. I think it was um, Derek Kitchen and one other person. Uh, I think it was Karen Maine that... Yeah, so the Republicans walked out of the room. They didn't want to vote on this bill. Yeah, and then the only person that was left was Dan McKay. <laughs> yeah. And so Dan McKay, I wrote in the notes, uh, Dan McKay, a developer and a guy who sucks, because I firmly believe that every time I hear that guy He's speak. He's from Draper. Uh, is he from Draper? It's Riverton, I think. Riverton. Like, yeah. His wife is on the Riverton City Council. Yeah, he's But I think his Senate district covers like that whole South Salt Lake County area. Yeah. But this guy just, he runs a lot of bills that make, are really stupid. He's running, he's trying to, you know, replace the SB 54 bill. Uh, he wants to, it's just, the guy sucks, man. <laughs> like, anytime you hear the guy talk, just listen. But he says, he does, this bill doesn't do anything to fix the zoning issues. And so, I wanted to ask, you know, can the state actually do anything about that, though? Because that's under the, the, the auspices of the, of the municipality. Yeah, this is, I am feeling very out of my league in this conversation, but I believe that when you get to zoning issues, that is a local issue. So then yeah. maybe he's making like the local control 
argument. Um, but it seemed like he was making the opposite, where he was saying, "We're we're just throwing money at a problem, and the real issue is zoning." And so blah blah. blah. It's like, but the state can't necessarily do anything, right? Right. No. Right. To affect zoning in a municipality. Yeah. And if they did, that would be that would fly in the face of your principles, right, right. Senator? So my guess, high level guess, is that. This is an issue that is very hot right now because of all of the like lack of affordable housing mm-hmm. um, and our homelessness issue on the rise, particularly in Weber County. And um, this is an issue that a lot of legislators don't want to take on because of the money issue, because they're bitter about tax reform, because of whatever other reason. And so they're doing things like leaving committee rooms so they don't have to take votes or whatever it is. That is disappointing. Like you said, especially in an election year, it's like they're not willing to take a stand on something that I think most people would agree is an issue. Yeah. I mean, okay. Well, we'll see what happens with that bill, but it sounds like it may not make, may not make. We'll, well. see. It'll be, the you know, floor debate will be very interesting on this bill. Okay. Uh, next up, I have uh, SB 74. This is a planning, se- uh, planning family planning services amendment. This is from uh, Senator Derek Kitchen. This bill would provide family planning services for families up to 250% of the federal poverty line. I did the math, and that's about $64,000 for a family of four in Utah. Mm-hmm. So the bill was heard, but then not voted on. They just mm-hmm. adjourned. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us more? Like, what happened? Like, what is this? They just don't, that's, that's a tactic that is available to committees to use if they don't want to have their votes on the record, um, for bills, like for any kind of bill, like if, you know, one way that you can kill a bill is you can not let it out of rules. Another way you can kill it is vote against it. And another way that you can kill it is by not voting on it. And then it just sits there and doesn't do anything. Um, may I rant about this one for a second? Please, Yeah. I'm, I'm so confused by the process on this. It's like they, they brought it all the way to the, to the, the precipice of actually having to do something about it. And then he just left it to die, it sounds like. Right. Well, I mean, you're also dealing with different personalities and different committees. So the people who are on the rules committee are not necessarily the same people who are on the Health and Human Services Committee, which is where this bill was. Right. But, you know, this is the same committee. The Senate Health and Human Services Committee is the same committee that heard the fetal remains bill, which we spoke about last week i think yeah we're, and we're still waiting that's sb 67 yes and yeah, we're still, we're still waiting for it mm-hmm. to come to the floor of the senate oh man it's been like <laughs> we've been you know biting our nails waiting for it to come every single day and it, they just haven't talked about it addressed it on the floor of the senate but this this committee um has two women who happen to be democrats and then the rest of the committee members are republican men and it in this committee hearing my understanding is that they Came to the bill, like you said, they just, they heard it, I guess, and then they just adjourned. So they didn't vote on the bill. Right. So it has not been voted on. So there has n- been no action taken, and probably it's just sitting there stalling in committee at this point. And the people who voted to voted against adjourning because they wanted to take a vote on this bill were the two Democratic women who voted against the fetal remains bill. And everyone who voted to adjourn, in, i.e. not address this um, contraceptive bill, um, was everyone who voted, all the Republican men who voted um, for the fetal remains bill. And so I have a whole Twitter rant about this from earlier today because there was a Tribune article about this um, this bill from Senator Kitchen yesterday in the Tribune. And um, it seems pretty like... You know, in social media arguments, you have a lot of people who say, well, if, you know, if you're going to be anti-abortion, then you have to support, you know, this, this and this, you know, to make sure that people, you know, to reduce abortions. And that's true. And that theory, the belief that, you know, conservatives don't 
you know, some conservatives don't want to invest in the things that would actually reduce unwanted pregnancies. They just want to control the choices of women was borne out in this, the, the two different actions of this one committee. Right. So, um, cause, cause I'm in that camp, right? Like if you don't like this thing, then you need to put money over here so that this thing doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a cause and effect, right? But that's not, that's not what we were saying. Right. So now this contraceptive bill, um, in the, in the Trib article about it, um, one of the experts they interviewed said this funding, which it's a small fiscal note, this funding could potentially prevent over 2,100 unwanted pregnancies, unintended pregnancies. That could be 730 abortions and 410 miscarriages. Wow. By simply investing in making sure that people have the contraception that they want and or need, that, I mean, like if, if your goal is to reduce abortions, that's how you do it. And then, of course... Senator Christensen. Um, this is Senator Alan Christensen from North Ogden. Sure is. Oh man, he is the, sp- Our the sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> He's the one who sponsored the Prop Three repeal last year. Right. He was in this piece. His quote was about you know we keep giving Medicaid benefits and more benefits and more benefits and then there's the policy of self reliance here and our own self responsibility. So he, in his quote to me, for my money, what he was saying is I don't want to give. I don't want to give these women more medical benefits. You know, it's on, you know, it's on them, you know, be responsible for yourself, which, okay, everyone's about self-responsibility, but we're also about, you know, holistic understanding of any one person's circumstances. Right. It's like, I think that that's blind to a a lot of situations. Like he has a very narrow view of the way the world works Mm -hmm. and he's trying to impose that. And mm-hmm. that's just not the case. That's not yeah. everybody's situation. Yeah. So this was, you know, this particular bill, Derek Kitchen's bill um, versus, you know, uh, Kurt Bramble's bill, the fetal remains bill versus the contraceptive bill in one committee, to me, is the exact embodiment of this debate that we've all been having. Yeah. Where there's a lack of investment. And like you said, not even a very big fiscal note on this particular one, mm-hmm. but it's just not, it's just not coming through. And, right. And like <laughs> you're not getting what you think you're getting because you're you know, I think in some ways, I mean, I guess not, not in some ways it is Kurt Bramble's bill is an election year bill mm-hmm. period. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's an election year bill. It's also he's a trying bill. To make a statement. He's trying to make a statement and he's, he's also trying to, um, ultimately all of these bills are about Roe v. Wade yeah. because what they want to do is, you know, however Kurt Bramble's bill re- ends up, if it, you know, if Utah has a law if this bill passes and then Utah has a law that says that fetal remains or fetal tissue has to either be buried or cremated, that is going to be used in a future argument to say, well, look, we already bury or cremate fetal tissue in Utah. Therefore, blah, blah, blah. Life begins at conception. Yeah. It's, it's a step in that direction. You're right. Yep. And then, uh, you know, we mentioned Senator Dan McKay. He wants to run, he's running a bill that would make, it would outlaw abortion if Roe v. Wade were overturned, correct? Yes, yes. So it's like, once again, another example of Dan McKay sucking, and you can tell him that I said that straight to his face. Mm. Uh, next thing, the last bill that I had here on our list, there were so many that I wanted to talk about this week, but uh, I felt like this was another good one because it, it focused on the education issue. This is HB 175, Education Accountability Amendments. This is from uh, Representative Marie Polson. This bill would get rid of letter grades for schools in Utah. Mm. And... A lot of people came out against this bill, uh, saying that what we need to do is we need to make it so that there's more of a holistic view of the letter grades mm-hmm. instead of um, instead of it just being, okay, it's a B. 
no, 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 no. You need a dashboard of indicators on on something instead of just saying this school's a B. Like, no, no, no. Here's the things that are, that they're doing well. Mm-hmm. Like, basically, this bill is saying we need a more nuanced approach than just giving letter grades because Mm -hmm. the whole point was schools need to be accountable right like this is a way to slap down the teachers Mm -hmm. in in essence right but the the letter grade thing is just too simplistic they're arguing Mm -hmm. and so a lot of people came out in support of this bill saying the uea the aft which is the um the it's a teachers union a smaller one the utah pta and even the governor's education advisor came out in support of this bill saying that you know one letter per school is just dumb and one thing that it noted in this Salt Lake Tribune article was that it punished especially lower-income schools mm-hmm. because they're not able to get these test scores or they're not able to take the tests at all. Mm-hmm. That brings down their grade. And so then it's like, oh, your school's an F. Okay, but there's there's so much more to that. Like, explain that. Right. Yeah. And I mean, uh, Representative Paulson is also a teacher or a former teacher. Um, so again, I'm going to trust her on this one. Yeah. Um, I haven't been following this one closely, but I think that it's really great that we're seeing these bills that are bringing nuance to the conversation of education right. you know a lot of a lot of more conservative folks don't like you know common core or we don't like you know we don't like mandates about education um and this is this is a great i mean if you if that is your belief then this is a great bill for you or these are great bills for you because this um injects like i said more nuance into the conversation and you know we can sit there and judge a student based on their test scores, but we should also, you know, be taking into consideration, you know, what's going on at home, what's going on in their life. You know, I mean, we know, for example, this is a little bit of a rant, but we know that if a child doesn't have food, they're not going to do well in school. Right. So, um, taking those things into consideration, um, I think is a, is a great step forward. And I'm grateful for our teachers who are in the legislature who are doing that work. Yeah, I think we need more, right? Mm-hmm. Because you, you get more of this kind of stuff that gives a, like you said, a nuanced approach to education that's not, you know, sort of like what we talked about with Representative Waits' bill. Mm-hmm. We had this sort of mandate, and then it became clear that, you know, by in, initializing this mandate, it, you're not getting the outcome that you think you are. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same thing here. Like, you're not getting the outcome you think you are by just giving a school an F. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's a lot more that goes into that. Yeah. Um, so this bill passed out of committee on Wednesday, heads to the full house now. And so I asked, you know, how do you think it'll fare? It sounds like we both think it'll probably, probably going to well. pass. Yeah. Cause you know, if the governor's education advisors on the side, plus the UEA, plus the AFT, plus the Utah PTA, you know, it's like, it looks mm-hmm. pretty good. Like you got right. a lot of education support, but you never know. We could get surprised. Yeah. I mean, like all, all of this is assuming that there's nothing going on in the background where, People are having, you know, having it out on personal vendettas or someone's mad at someone else for, you know, supporting or not supporting X bill. Assuming all of that is not happening, then I would imagine that this bill would pass. But yeah, I'm shrugging. But our audience who is listening cannot see me shrug. So you just never know. You yeah. never know what's going to play out on the Hill because beyond what looks like good legislation, there's always politics. Mm-hmm. OK. Uh, do you have any others you want to bring up? No, that's it. Come, come and join us on the hill. When are you all going to come and join yeah, us? Yeah, we do need to. We need to schedule it. So I'll talk to the guys about that uh, because we need to have you know like a Friday where it's like we're going to come down to eight, we hang out with ABU for the day. Let's do this. You know, yeah, JCP day on the hill. You can come hang. You and you can be. I'm sure that the day that you come, especially if it's a Friday, that's when the drama will hit. <laughs> yeah, because it seems like on Fridays are the days when like some of this shadier stuff seems to get passed because because the press aren't paying attention. Yeah, you know they're they're busy. It's mm-hmm. Friday's always a dump day, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you have a, a a 
press release that you need to get out that kind of hurts your company mm-hmm. you release it on you friday at four o'clock right mm-hmm. you just dump the news and then go mm-hmm. go on vacation or right. go, go on the weekend uh-huh. okay well we'll get that set up then and we'll uh, we'll get it out there for the jcps but i'm looking forward to coming down and hanging out It'll with be you fun. All. yeah great katie thanks so much for chatting with us again this week um we'll have another one next week but uh take a break we'll be right back Ashley Wolthius and the Elements of Real Estate are proud to support the independent local journalism of the Junction City podcast. If you're buying or selling real estate, or if you need a certified residential appraiser, contact Ashley at theelementsofrealestate.com or by calling 801-391-8503. All right, and we're back. So let's uh, jump right into Pinkies Up, Thumbs Down. You guys got any anyone to shout out this week? Dan, what do you got? Well, you... To go, uh, we were saying, we were saying, great, great, great. Coach Hill's doing another great recruiting year. I think he's really oh, putting some fun stuff together. Really looking forward to uh, spring ball happening soon. Yeah. And recruiting a football team. Yeah. Yes. Oh. So national uh, signing day was just what last week. Wednesday, right? Yeah. Yeah. I see. Okay. And so uh, I mean, we got some, we got some talent, some guys that were waiting. Uh, some big shoes to fill though, too. Uh, what's his name? Killed it in the the, the senior bowl. Um, I didn't see that. Who was it? Was it uh, Jonah Williams? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that kid is. Hmm. Man, and it was so good watching him play his senior season. Like, uh, I think that uh, I can't remember which game it was, but he had a he had a fumble that he recovered in the in the end zone for a touchdown against. Oh, it might have been in one of the playoff games, but it was just huge. Was He's massive. a fun kid too. We've had a chance and to like, to see him out in the community and real fun, real engaging, really humble. Huh. And then the kind of kid that you really root for, that you look forward to. I've got a, you can't see it, but I got my dame, my dame shoes on. And, yes. and it's really one of those situations where I love watching kids come through Ogden who you can see it. You can see that they're going to be, you know, they got their eyes on bigger stuff, but they never lose sight of where they came from. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Uh, that was goaltending, by the way. Yeah, it was what goaltending. Was that? It was goaltending. And everybody on the Jasmine, I was going to say, like, that's been my hardest thing this week, you know, you know. We got Dame, and we got Don beefing, yeah. and it breaks my heart, man, because I just can't with that. And uh, but That's it was such an amazing conflict to watch between like jazz fans, yeah, like, jazz fans and Weaver State fans. I like it. I like Ugh. I like the jazz being wrong and Dame being right. Like that all Dame is right. What happens? What happens? Difficult. Like project like Western Conference Finals like a year from now, Dame <laughs> versus Dom. Dame hits a game winner. He like, could. How do you uh, feel? Like how the the uh, inner well, conflict as a Jazz Weaver State fan. I mean, and Dame was just cooking us in the first half of that game. Like that man. I mean, there was a point where I think the first, almost the entire first quarter, he didn't miss a shot. He averaged what was it fifty one, like ten games in a row or something like that. It like, wasn't quite that high, but yeah, like he was like forty plus yeah. averaging, and then he scored what forty one that night. Yeah. Oh, but oh, yeah, but it was goaltending. Yeah. You're absolutely, and I think everybody on the Jazz admitted it. Like, oh yeah, it was. They, oh, yeah. they knew it. They knew what it was. Well, yeah, that so, was the refs' fault. Well, but that's what's interesting. Like, in, so in thumbs the NBA, down to NBA refs. <laughs> well, but <laughs> they, that's what sucks about the NBA. Where they totally throw them under the bus. Like, they have a report after every game. The last where two they, minutes. Like, yeah. 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 And just think about any other sport, like the NFL. Like, yeah, that's the like antithesis of the NFL. They won't admit <laughs> to the tuck rule, and here we are, oh, like twenty oh. years after. <laughs> they will not. So, so you had a similar pinky up? Did you? So yeah, my pinky's up is actually uh, Weber State softball. Uh, Absolutely, they just started up this week, and man, I mean, they they had a couple of tough games against Stanford. I mean, Stanford's got a great program in in softball, but man, I mean, they down New Mexico, they down Grand Canyon twice. Like, I mean, 
the Wildcats are going to be a dynamo again this year. Like, I'm saying Big Sky Champs again this year. Yeah. Like, they have been really good. And I would just like to encourage, like, if you're a sports fan, like, and, like, if you're a baseball fan, the speed of softball is so enthralling. It's and fun. It's so, like, I've, that's been a big change in my life over the last 10 years or so. And, like, uh, college world championships are great to watch. Weaver State has a great facility to go up and check out. And it's that whole – these girls are playing for them. They've got everything stacked in, against them from, you know, turnouts, all that kind of stuff, and they're playing it just because. They're playing at an elite level, man. Yep. I mean, you know, for what they've got and for the level of ball that they can play at, like I said, I mean, you're going to run up against a Power 5 juggernaut like like Stanford or even playing UCLA last year. I think I had a thumbs down in there too, though, didn't I? Well, no, you had what was also going to be my pinky up, which was told uh, Senator Mitt. Oh well, well, no, no, no. I no, that was my thumbs down. My thumbs down was oh for cent, yeah. thumbs down to the Utah GOP who wants to go out there and act like they're the reasonable party, oh, but then God. you know they introduced this bill in the state. I think it's just a resolution in the in the state legislature after that to say well, we're going to censure Mitt Romney for his you know vote to convict on the president. Right. And I was like, dude, That's what? Disgusting. It's like what? It's whack, dude. Yeah. Ever, I, I was going to say, everyone who listens to this show who's a rational person should call up Mitt Romney and thank him because it really was like, it was a historic thing he did. It was the first the first senator to ever vote against his own party. Yeah. Don't don't only call In your representatives situation. when they do something bad. I this can't is stress like a that enough. No, no. That's like, uh, so back when I was a little bit more involved in politics, like, please do that. Yeah. Like, those calls resonate so yeah. much stronger than... Angry, like, man, 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 man calls. Like, well, and you know he's getting those assholes telling him he did something terrible when he actually did something. Did you see the, uh, there was a, I think a full page spread, uh, I believe in the Deseret News, like, that was crowd crowdfunded to say thank you. Really? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I thought somebody was trying to, get a, a trying to get a billboard up. Like, we get so few options to actually express appreciation for something our elected representatives do, so. Which is funny to us, so, so being non-affiliated like the people's gripe against romney is that he's not but it's like yeah i get you like how does that feel like <laughs> it sucks <laughs> huh? like, when you don't feel like you're represented by the person that you like, yeah like is supposed to be representing you right try being a progressive in utah like, yeah that's... indeed all right all right let's go into events uh so let's see this week wednesday wednesday february 12th the uh, northern utah labor coalition sorry labor council they're having their monthly meeting at the old post office, third floor. Yeah, so if you go up to third floor, uh, it's on the west side of the building. And, uh, 6.30 p.m. The door will be open. There's like a letter carrier's office there. It's Wednesday. Wednesday at 6.30. Go and hang. then, uh, sorry, go ahead. Go hang with Danny Brewer. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Um, and then uh, Saturday, February 15th, the Weber Young Dems, uh, DNC delegate training at the Weber Democrats office. Yep, it's my baby. Yeah. So this is, uh, but this is training from the DNC to train people to be delegates, right? No, this is so. Uh, Sasha Lux Morgan, who is the president of Young Democrats of Utah, she's coming up from Salt Lake on the train, um, and she's going to just do a, a quick training. It's about an hour. Oh. Um, you know, if you want to be a delegate, you want to go to Milwaukee, which is where the big national convention oh, will be. I see. Uh, this is training you to run as a DNC is, yeah, delegate. Yeah. This so is if you want to go to the DNC convention this year. Exactly. So you want to run for a national delegate spot? This is how you do it. Yeah. And then afterwards, we're all going to go Which to launch on 25th Street. You uh, did two years. I never did it in 2016. Um, Kingmaker did. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But I, I, oh, you went to the Young Democrats. I didn't do it. Yeah, yeah I went that's right. in Indy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so also on Saturday, the Northern Utah Black Lives Matter 
Uh, they're doing a Know Your Rights training and chapter meeting at the Unitarian Universalist Church on 23rd Street. Uh, it's 705 23rd Street. And it's from it's at 1.30, so go down there and um, be trained on how to uh, exercise your rights and know what your rights are um, when it comes to uh, police encounters and things like that. And then uh, they're having a chapter meeting at the end of the Know Your Rights training. Yeah. So it'll just go straight into that. Um, let's see. Did I have something else Saturday? Nope. Uh, oh, no, Saturday. I was thinking that's uh, the Yes Hell. They're having like a big concert. I think it's their two-year anniversary. What was it? Yeah. I think I saw they're having Royal Bliss come down. So. Oh, oh, for a, for a, um, acoustic, uh, a smaller acoustic set. Oh, is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I just saw they were prepping for their anniversary. So that's also on Saturday, February 15th. Uh, Sunday, we've got our monthly meetup uh, at Brewies, so you can come hang out with the JCP folks uh, at 6.30, Brewies, in the bar. We'll be there. It's a good time. It is a good time. Um, or, uh, yeah, you can find it, Drinking Liberally, on Facebook for the event if you want to RSVP. And we got them all set up for the whole year, so it's all mapped out. Colby's in charge of it now, and yeah. it's uh, organized. And then uh, I wanted to mention a week from Sunday is uh, your next swap meet, right? The Indy Ogden Indoor Swap Meet? Yeah, and please come check that out. It, it's uh, it, it's fun, everything from vintage video games to uh, one of my favorite uh, tables is Meth and Macaroni. They, uh, <laughs> they do some real fun uh, T-shirt designs. Uh, uh, Cody Quintana with uh, Synchronicity, I think is... Uh, I might have messed that up, Cody. I'm really sorry, but <laughs> it's... Uh, what we're trying to do is just something a little bit more quirky, a little bit more... Um, Swap meeting for yeah. for a lack of a better term, and it uh, uh, it, it starts at ten, goes until three, and we're anticipating, like I said, about forty five, fifty vendors, uh, Wimpy and Fritz, Lavender Vinyl, mm, those tacos, man. Yeah, dude, I just had like, and again, I always try not to play favorites, but back to that vegan thing, they do a jackfruit vegan taco. Oh, it's good. It's amazing. I, like, I I don't like one of the things I can't do is like the fake meat, like the, the uh-huh. texture on most right. of that stuff, but the jackfruit has kind of like a... Yeah, that's what I love about jackfruit. I yeah. always get it up at Cuppa, and it's like, it's not like they're trying to be something else. It's yeah. just something good. Cuppa has amazing vegan options as well. Yeah, they their do. waffle's great. Yeah. Like, all right. That's all the... Do you guys have any other events? No, that's that what I, I got. Well, nope. That's what I got. Oh, wait. No, I do have one more. Uh, February 16th, uh, also on Sunday. Um, There's a freedom hike up Waterfall Canyon. Uh, Just a chance to... I mean, they say it's for freedom, so I think you're just getting together with with other people to hike and kind of uh, be a little bit political. So you can meet... what, like Republicans? No. (laughs) No, dude. (laughs) Freedom freedom hike, man? I mean, the people I know who are going are not Republicans. Okay. Yeah, man. I'm surprised. Usually, that's code word for like right wing stuff. Freedom, freedom, freedom. which is uh, like some Orwellian like stuff right there. If you think about it, a little like bit. that one party gets to co-opt the term freedom. Oh yeah, like like if it's a freedom, this it's like yeah, it's, it's probably a bunch of right wing guys. No way. This sounds like it's like uh, I, I don't know. Did you know slavery generates an estimated 150 billion dollars a year? Freedom hikers proudly support rescue freedom by raising funds to support the work they're doing i think it's like actual freedom right on get people <laughs> out of slavery i like yeah, it. yeah not rhetorical freedom <laughs> so yeah all right that's all the events Is that it 
Yeah, I just love the phrase, my new favorite phrase, rhetorical freedom. <laughs> <laughs> and full on Andy. Band name called it rhetorical yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, It's a good one. That's good. All right. Uh, follow us on Facebook. and uh... Dan's been putting videos up on YouTube. Oh, he's really? Got, yeah, he's got videos. All right. Go to our ones. YouTube channel. Yeah, Send us ones. emails, Junction City Podcast, Gmail. Go to our uh, website for links to everything. We've got a Patreon. Patreon backslash uh, Junction City Podcast. Yeah, hopefully this next week you'll be seeing uh, you'll be seeing some news content coming out. Yeah, we're getting close. We keep yep, we're doing stuff. Uh, look Paperwork out for our submitted. contest. Uh, we we actually will have a contest uh, to sit with us at the Indy Ogden Awards. The those those seats are already lined up. So how many uh, seats? I, uh, two. We got two seats. Yeah, two two seats to sit with JCP at the Indy Ogden Awards. So man. watch out for details to that. Yeah, Dan's got some good stuff lined up, man. Yeah. So be there. Thank you guys. We got a great team and I'm just always feel blessed to be able to come on stuff like this and talk for f- this uh my my partner loves this because then I'll just go home and Go she'll ask sleep. me how it went, and yeah, and I'll be like, "Oh, I talk so much," and she'll be like, "Oh, thank Jesus!" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so get some out of the house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, man, thanks for coming down. We love. Hey, it's my pleasure. Keep up the great work, guys. All right, and uh, like we say every week, all politics is local. <laughs>